What's up, everyone? Welcome back to The Art of It All. I'm your host, Darius Simone Harper, and this week's episode features writer, founder, and author Jasmine Hernandez. We discuss Jasmine's work as founder of the award-winning art website called Gallery Girls, her recent debut book titled We Are Here, Visionaries of Color Transforming the Art World, and so much more. All right, welcome back, everyone. Today, I am so thrilled to be joined by the incredible Jasmine Hernandez. Jasmine, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on today. I'm so elated to be here, Daria. Thank you so much. Thank uh, you. You know, I'm popping my podcast cherry. So ah, I'm so excited. Yes. And I'm ready to just, just dive into a really fruitful, robust conversation. Yeah, yes. I'm here for it. Yes, I am so excited. Such a joy to have you on. And I'm really looking forward to getting into things. So for those of you who are not familiar, I'm going to give a little introduction for Jasmine. And then, of course, if you want to chime in, Jasmine, add whatever you would like. Mm -hmm. So Jasmine is founder of the award-winning indie art website, Gallery Girls, which celebrates women, Black, Indigenous, and POC, and queer and trans POC. She is, in her own words, writer of dope people and dope things for publications including Elle, Harper's Bazaar, The Cut, Paper, um, and others. She's also served as photo editor and producer at several award-winning titles, including the New York Times Magazine and New York Magazine. And in February, she authored her debut book titled We Are Here, Visionaries of Color Transforming the Art World, which documents the most influential Black, Indigenous, people of color, um, artists, and art entrepreneurs of our generation. So Jasmine herself is an incredible, incredible visionary writer, author, and just extraordinaire. Um, So if you want to jump in and add anything else before we get started, feel free, Jasmine. That, that, I mean, that was such a, a full and robust like introduction. I don't okay, know good. What else to add to that. Good, good. It's good. always nuts when you when someone like reads off like your accomplishments because yes. you're just so you're you're just so buried in the work and you, yes. you're not coming up for air. And it's yeah. like yeah, w- the work is reaching the world somehow. And yes. you know, it's, 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 satisfying. it's satisfying. Yes, I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. No, that is that is amazing. Um, yeah, and before we jump into you know our our discussion, like I'd love to just hear how. How are you? Like, let's check in. How are you doing? How are you feeling today? Yes. Like, what's on your mind? You know, how are you feeling uh, in the world today? That's such a beautiful question. And that's yeah. what we need to start off, like, every conversation. Just as yes. opposed to just, like, diving into the work. It's like, yes. the check-in is so necessary. Yes. I feel good. It's a Friday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mm-hmm. a sunny, beautiful spring day in New York City. It's yes, tourist it season. My birthday's in, like, 13 days. Like, Yay. I'm hype. I'm so excited. Um, I feel great. I feel really good. Um, last couple of weeks have been very, very heavy. Obviously, okay. last year yeah. was incredibly heavy and just yeah. indescribable. We're still, you know, trying to find our way out, trying to find those pockets of joy in our days, you know, as we navigate work, personal, professional, spiritual, physical, everything. Um, but I'm, I'm good. I'm good right now. I'm good right now, like mm-hmm. this Friday morning. <laughs> I, I'm so glad to hear that. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's really important. And that's something that I had to... Um, yeah, reckon with myself for recently is just thinking yeah. about checking in in a much mm-hmm. more honest way, uh, regardless, you know, of what the setting is. Like, I know sometimes people are a little bit like thrown off by that, but it, it really is, I think, important just when holding space with other human beings to really be like, all right, where are we at right now? So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and, and I can relate to a lot of that. I, I think right now, 
this Friday morning, like you said, incredible, like beautiful spring Friday morning. So I am very grateful for that and grateful for the warmth, you know, as it as it slowly approaches. Um, so with that, let us jump into some of our discussion. I'm really excited. So I want to just chat a little bit as we get started about your start in the industry. I have read in several different interviews of yours and, of course, in your debut book, We Are Here as well, um, about the important role that social media played in sort of your early entry into the art world. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about that foundational relationship of maybe social media and just, I think, the internet more generally. Um, and then maybe some of your favorite early memories of, of this sort of time when you were really kind of digging into the art world and artists online. What was that like as you were just sort of opening up? Absolutely. Social media and the internet are integral and foundational, as you just said, you mm -hmm. know, to my practice, they're yeah. my research tools. Yeah. Um, you know, as much as I can like walk around the city and randomly pop into a gallery and discover a new artist, mm -hmm. that does still happen. But most of it, most of, most of, uh, most of what fuels me to go out and see art is my own passion, but like also what I'm discovering online. So that's a big part of it. And it goes hand in hand sure. with my research, my writing, my practice, my joy, all of these things that I, combined together to write about art and, and to um and to fuel gallery girls so yeah. I'm an OG like blogger I was born in the early 80s so yes. in, in 2009 I was like in my late 20s and mm -hmm. I like started my my first blog spot you know this is Incredible. These are, like the OG yes. blogging days they're still up somewhere um so late 20s like 29 and 2009 I was born in 1980 so okay. 80s mm -hmm. baby 90s teen and Beautiful. then 20 something and you know in the in the arts in the 2000s Great. So in 29 and like, you know, the early days of blogging, which had already started by 0506, but you know, mm -hmm. I caught on in 09 when I was 29 and okay. I did start my blog spot. My blog spot was super general. It was just like my world through Jasmine Hernandez's lens. So like Great. art, you know, just art, fashion, music, cinema, all sure. of that. So just, just general, just musings on contemporary, on contemporary culture. Um, and then gallery girls became much more specified and it was, you know, strictly about art and women and, you know, uh, black indigenous people of color. But yeah, uh, you know, so I'm an OG blogger. It's like, just, it's just been in my trajectory. It's, yeah. you know, part of the generation I grew up on. Right, like I right. you know, got in my space in my late twenties. Yes. I, I was like, uh, since I was born in the early eighties, I mm -hmm. was like a teenager in the nineties. So I was like, I was like the first generation of like teenagers on the internet in yes. the late nineties. Yes. So, you know, I was in those AOL chat rooms and, you know, had an so AOL real. email address and no, no dialogue. And, you yeah. know, so from like my space yes. to clubhouse, I've yep. been here the whole time, oh, I love you that. know, interacting mm -hmm. with each platform, loving mm -hmm. it, hating it, moving on, uh, you know, incorporating it into my everyday, like social media practices, uh, how I communicate with the world. So, you know, just I have been I'm familiar with all these platforms, and it's just um it's just very organic to me. I love um, that. So yeah, so so being an OG blogger was like I guess the first seed that I planted, you know, like on my journey, um with writing. But you know, right. writing on the internet always like were, you know went hand in hand with me. Hmm. But yeah, the social media and the internet are, are huge for me. Um, yeah. my research tools. Um, many of the folks in the book who are, you know, many of the subjects that are in the book, those right, were right. digital relationships. Those Incredible. were IG friendships mm -hmm. that blossomed into relationships, you know, IRL. So um, important. And then, you know, those folks made their way into the book. 
Um, but social media is huge. I mean, especially Instagram. Instagram has been so pivotal. Right, right. It's how I discovered so many of those artists. You know, I started with a follow, like me, me just following them. They followed back. DMs led to studio visits. Studio visits led to like, you know, posts on the website and then like articles in other magazines because I also, you know, write freelance for like other platforms. So yeah, it all started with a follow. Yeah, I definitely. That. I love that. And I'm curious if there are any ways that maybe your relationship to different forms of social media have shifted at all, you know, since you kind of have um, had such a had such a relationship with it kind of from your start. Yeah, I mean, I have there are platforms that work for me and that don't work for me. And there are platforms that I miss and I want to go back to. Like, Mm. I don't spend enough time on Tumblr. Like, I really (sighs) miss Tumblr so much. I was hoping you were going to say Tumblr. (laughs) <laughs> all these all these platforms have become obviously so incredibly sponsored and like corporate and yeah. they all have like they're all beginning to feel the same they all have the same interface and it's like True. there's a fee there's a dm like option and mm-hmm. they're they're beginning to like lose their specialness and their uniqueness but mm-hmm. like i miss tumblr because i just i miss the og days of tumblr of yes. just like like i just like I, I like i remember like all these like fuck yeah yeah you know dot whatever that yes like, there was oh just my so goodness. many like like fuck yeah like fuck yes. yeah black girls I, I just miss that really like indie renegade diy you yeah. know super black you know energy it's still there it's yeah. still there because you course. still have like you have all these like eight you know 90s and 2000s mm-hmm. um you know like 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 black fashion blogs you know so yes. i mean tumblr accounts that, that i still love following mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you know i i need to like go i need to go back to tumblr and like and re-energize and okay. um clubhouse i love clubhouse i love because it's so low commitment like i okay. could just be in my sweats okay yes, you don't know what yes. i look like and you could just have like 500 people in the room so like it's true it's the, for me it's the low commitment factor and okay. like with us going into the pandemic and just mm. like you know, like, you know, we've been home for 13 months in our sweats yep, and, yep. you know, we, you know, we're still like, we're over the Zoom fatigue and My we're goodness. just so over like video conferencing, like yep. Clubhouse, like I absolutely love it. Uh, it's innovative and, you know, we'll see how it changes and we'll see how it evolves. But so far it's, it's one of my favorite apps. Um and then Twitter, tw- Twitter's never been my thing. I got, okay. on, I got on it in 09. Mm-hmm. Um, my tweets never like my tweets have to be honest my tweets never hit and they never resonate so it's like <laughs> i yeah and i have two twitter accounts like a personal okay. one and then like one for gallery girls but Got it. Okay. i just i never get that much traction or that much engagement and and, okay. and whatever that's fine like you're not for sure your audience is not going to be the same it's the same on every platform your content's not going to be the same on every Absolutely. platform it shouldn't be mm-hmm, um but mm-hmm. that's just one that like i just have not for some reason like i've just not connected with it but ig okay. ig's it, is everything to me oh, i love that I, I'm going to rephrase that. IG used to be everything to me. It's not anymore. <laughs> okay. Because it's incredibly, okay. Labo- it's incredibly like laborious. It is. Um, it is. It's not fun anymore. It's an online flea market. Ooh, you know, that's when the notification button got replaced with the shopping button and like oh my just, gosh. it's so capitalistic. Mm-hmm, just like, mm-hmm. like Facebook, like Facebook, you know, owns IG and, yeah. and, and WhatsApp and like they make, they, they make just everything. have no qualms about letting you know how hyper capitalistic these platforms it's are. True. It's true. How hyper racist, yeah. how hyper unsafe they are for like black and POC folks, for yeah. black and brown, queer, trans, and non binary folks. So, I'm on it because I have a book, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. I've had a website for like almost a decade and of course it's just a part of my everyday marketing. Like, you know, it's just part of my everyday, like, you know, how I communicate with folks, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll see how I, how I evolve from it. And also at the end of the day, 
so many, you know, like we're so attached, you know, content creators, we're so attached to just like these platforms that we we don't own. They control us. Like Oof. if they want to delete your page because you did, you posted, That's... you know, if you like if you like if you posted art that has mm-hmm. nudity, mm-hmm. you know, community guidelines will flag your post They'll and take, take it, it down. down. If you yeah. do it enough times, they'll delete your page altogether. So and true. if you put in years of work to build up that following on IG, mm. they could still fuck around and just delete your page. We've yep. seen this happen to countless like black creators fashion bomb daily etc ah, yes. you know she got her page back but that was again the years of work that she claire summers have, have you know have put into that page and for it to be like deleted however how, how, whatever the reasoning was right right taking it down but that's not happening to white fashion creators or that's white skinny fashion yep. creators that's the thing so so mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so you don't so you have to, um, you know, expand your your work beyond these platforms. Again, you don't own, own them. They, you know, they don't. They don't. You just don't own your work. Yeah, and your your work should live in other spaces. Yes, yes, and that's why I I think I mean, of course, like something a, a platform like Gallery Girls is so incredibly important. And and speaking about Gallery Girls, I mm-hmm. would love to dig a little bit more into your work with it. I, I want to just quickly read, um, I think in, in the introduction of your book, We Are Here, you shared a mission and you, you said, you know, that it was very straightforward. Your mission for Gallery Girls was always to solely cover women, Black, Indigenous, and POC, and queer and transgender POC in the art world in the most accessible way possible. And I really love that. And, and, and just, I think it aligns a lot with my personal mission and I just was curious to hear if you can tell us a little about the catalyst that kind of sparked you to launch it um in 2012 I I know I believe you you co-founded it with one other individual so I'd just love to hear mm-hmm. a little bit about those those early days and and kind of what like clicked for you that you were like oh I have to make this I have to do this oh absolutely I just wanted to jump back because it was like a little point I wanted to make before you on transition. Oh, yeah. Just one little sure. bit I wanted to add. Sure. That, um, you know, I will always continue like feeding gallery girls. I, I will always continue, you yeah. know, filling that that platform with content mm, um, because I have like debated deleting my IG and it's like, okay, well, if I delete my IG, which is the one space where I have the highest following, mm-hmm. um, do I still have exposure? Will I still be seen? But it's like, I do have the website. I do have my writing and and L, you know, paper, bustle, et cetera. Um, And then I also have like a book. So my work, you know, can, you know, still lives in other ways, not dependent on these social media platforms. So yeah, just kind of repeating what I said before, but just a little bit more nuanced, but yeah. So coming back to your, your current question. Yeah. The website was started in 2012. There were two of us. That's why it's called girls. That's why girls is plural. And it's G U R L S not Mm -hmm. with an, not G R I L S. And it was myself and a woman named Ann Samuels. Uh, I, this was around 2011. I was like 31 and Mm -hmm. I had already spent almost a decade in fashion. I went to Parsons, graduated, and then I worked in fashion. I was a fashion, a freelance fashion show producer. Yes. So twice a year for fall and spring, okay. I was, you know, producing shows for like the biggest designers. Um, and then I was also a freelance photo editor at the New York Times, New York Magazine, et cetera. Um, so I was always just that, you know, that, that Afro-Dominican girl in fashion, Love navigating it. white elitist fashion spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like dabbling in art and just like going on going on to openings um, in Chelsea like every Thursday night throughout every Thursday night throughout the 2000s. So it was like one foot in fashion, 
as a freelancer and right, also right. an editorial and yeah. another foot in the art world and just navigating and digesting and consuming and just devouring art and just and just learning. I mean, that was like my, I don't have a master's in like okay. art history or mm -hmm. contemporary arts criticism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, in, you know, like in, in real life, just out and about seeing, you know, you know, learning about new artists. That's yeah. how I, um, that was like my self-education on contemporary art. Incredible. So by the time 2011 rolled around, I wanted to shift into the art world. I didn't know how, why, when, just how, but I just thought, well, let, you know, for me, education is key. So I was like, all right, well, let me just take these continuing ed courses at Sotheby's. Okay. Let's see what happens. Maybe yeah. I'll make some contacts. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you know, one foot, you know, one foot in front of the other and one thing will lead to something else. So at the Sotheby's class that I took the fall of 2011, there was another um, woman, a woman named Ann Samuels, lovely woman. Right. And there was just two of us in this class. It was a class mm. of 25 folks, different wow. backgrounds, et cetera. Professional backgrounds, not, mm -hmm. not racial. Not, not anything else. Everyone was mostly white. <laughs> and her and I were the only two black people, black mm. women in the class, period. Okay. So we instantly connected because it was of just Of course, us. yes. And we instantly just connected. We discovered yeah. how much we loved art, how much we loved like Hindi Wiley and uh. McLean Thomas and Carol Walker and Chris Ophelia and um you know wow. th there were already rumblings not rumblings there were already shifts happening then you know okay. and McLean Thomas is, is a bona fide icon but Absolutely. in 2011 it was her and Kehinde Wiley that were they were they were they were becoming very visible right. and okay. it was yeah. very fucking inspiring yeah. and just Wow. It was so inspiring and just mm. like and boundary breaking and, yeah, and they yeah. were rising as like, you know, black art superstars. So, Man. you know, what we're seeing now is just um, just the after effects, just like, right, you know, right. the, 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 the cyclical after effects of like mm -hmm. what, you know, folks like Hinde and Kara Walker and, and, and Michael and Thomas started. So right, right. it was already happening then in 2011. There was already like this massive interest in like contemporary African art. And yeah. yeah you know, all these European art advisors, like, you know, kind of um, not cannibalizing, but just like this, this, like, this, like, vote, like this vulture, like uh, <laughs> obsession yes. with like yeah. promoting, mm -hmm. you know, contemporary African artists. And like, there was a boom in that market and selling them. And, and so anyway, so, so people so, were um, following it for the, in the wrong midst of all reasons. That, yeah. So, <laughs> so in the midst <laughs> of all that, I met Anne at this class at Sotheby's. Beautiful. We bonded. I already had, you know, I already I had already been blogging because I started my, right. my website back in like 09, 2010. Amazing. But her and I, we like dove deep into the art world. We started going to, you know, we were going to opening some Chelsea nonstop. Wow. We started going to art fairs. We went to like the first freeze, which was in Whoa. 2012. That's exciting. we went to like yeah we went to like our stars in the Hamptons again we were the only oh like goodness. two black girls on the mm -hmm. Hampton Chitney bus yeah, yeah you know trekking it out to Southampton to you know on a bus with like 40 like white Karens you know so you know yeah I can't imagine um and like I'm being told to like hush because we were like too loud on the bus and I was like no like my decibel is not changing for you absolutely <laughs> like, not right you're gonna have to deal with my like loud mouth if I'm on the street. But yeah, so just dealing with all those microaggressions and just, you know, infiltrating like all those super white um, art fairs in the Hamptons and et cetera. Um, and yeah, we started the website together. Um, we called it Girls. Um, we liked the URL like idea because it was like a nod to it being a digital space. Yeah. Also, I love that. black women, this is how we speak, like, yeah. hey girl. You yeah. know, so it was just a nod to all of that. Of course. And um, 
it was just to center women uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and black and brown folks. Okay. And I'm not going to lie to you. Like when I yeah. say women, that included white women. So in the beginning, okay. like there were white women featured. Okay. Um, okay. And then and, you all sort and, of you know, that, that did happen. And, mm-hmm. you know, that did happen. And I, of course, I was, um, I was very selective. Okay. I was very selective as to what white women were featured because I had to, I, you know, perhaps if I followed them hmm. and I liked them enough, yeah. you know, but you, I had to, I had to feel that you were intersectional somehow. And like, Absolutely. maybe I hadn't met you yet, but yeah. I, I'm getting that vibe from just following you on, from just from just following you on IG. So I, I was see. very selective as to what white woman, it, it wasn't just like any, again, I, I was very selective. Like I had For to sure. go by vibe and I had to feel that you were intersectional. Absolutely. So those were like my conditions which obviously I decided in my head, I mean, you know, then, then, I'm, then I would approach them. And, um, you know, I was a freelancer, so I was always, you know, hustling with some permalance gig, you know, in editorial or in fashion. Okay. And then mm-hmm. I had the website on the side. Yes. Um, Anne was a decade older than me, you know, grown okay. woman with like a full-time job working at a law office. So okay. um, I just contributed more. Um, okay. And, you know, that we just have two different lifestyles. For and sure. I was For just... Sure. I was more open. I was just like a young freelancer. So I had the time. So she eventually bowed out. And then I just continued shaping the website into my vision. She bowed out in around 2014. And since then, I um, I started adding like studio visits. Yeah. You know, studio visits with artists. It was just like me and my iPhone Mm -hmm. um, in in the artist space, asking very organic questions, um, you know, getting acquainted with their work, getting acquainted with them. And then, you know, going home to like, you know, transcribe that interview and, and, you know, just working very DIY just yeah. my phone was like you know was my microphone and was, yes. and was my camera yes um and then and then in 2015 I started uh doing interviews and the interviews okay. were, were with art workers and artists beautiful um, great great and, and so and that did include white women but a few years ago mm-hmm. with just how I feel how my body feels how yeah. my interactions with them you know just at this point just no there are no longer any white women on the website that's just how okay. i feel and, okay. and particularly in 2020 with mm-hmm. like hypocrisy and performative mm. posts and yeah yeah you know some people just, just continued like posting about their art or like mm. their staycation their you know their quarantine staycation somewhere yeah. at, at some beautiful beach house and yeah. like the world was like burning and falling apart in the summer of 2020 with the racial uprisings and yes. so many white women artists that had featured on the website just continued unbothered and uninterrupted mm you know with these like curated photos yeah, on their grid yeah. and I was wow. just like absolutely like nah like absolutely not yeah so yeah, yeah. Wow. so and you know I, it's my platform it's my choice I can yes. make that decision and yeah so I that's that's how I that's how I felt and how I still feel about it wow. um there are a few like white Latinas because they're okay. still white there are a few of them left on the website but okay. I, I know them and I, and I know their heart but okay um i i like talking about this i, I think yeah. it's very important no because, absolutely people who have been following me for a long time may remember that there were white women featured on my mm-hmm. website before mm-hmm. and they may not and they may and they're not going to see them now so yeah yeah you know i think it's important to just talk about that yeah but uh basically the website was started between the two of us she bowed out and then i just continued shaping it ever since incredible incredible i i was gonna say i mean as you approach such a huge milestone of a decade what has been like the most rewarding aspect of of this work I mean I know of course yes it's something that you love but really you already mentioned it just like how much goes into it and I just love hearing you know what what are some things that just like really what what moments make it all like oh this is just this is always worth it um for sure I have to say the book because the book <sighs> is gallery yes. goes in print yes 
So the, the book is basically that that openness, that universality, that mm. non-academic, non-scholarly approach that mm-hmm. I, I apply on the website. Mm-hmm. That's that's transferred that's transferred like onto the book, like into the book. You know, the, we are here as gallery girls in print. Yes. Same ethos. Yes. It's beautiful images. It's you know blunt, mm-hmm. genuine, frank, mm-hmm. passionate writing. Mm-hmm. It's very like organic, intimate. Yes. Foundational questions. Yes. Um, I'm not interested in sounding like a curator. I'm not interested <laughs> in sounding like an art historian. Other folks do that better than me with the credentials. I don't have them. I never wanted them. Like I'm so. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm confident in my voice like my yeah. voice is enough and it took me yeah. years to get there because I was like oh like you know there were years where I like battled the, the MA like the MA like damn mm. like should I do should I do an MA yeah. you know yeah, I, yeah, yeah. you know researched all the schools they were all like super fucking expensive and like there was like there was literally a point where I was like legit just gonna enroll at City College and just mm-hmm. like okay, okay it's like 13 grand so what I'll borrow it I'll do it like 13 grand isn't 47 grand like 13 right, right, grand right. isn't 80 grand even though you know, it's still so just expensive do it. and I could just like pound it out yeah, yeah. And yeah. I could just like pound it out in two years, and it's like I'm so happy I dodged that bullet because <laughs> the pandemic happened like eight years later, and like mm-hmm. and like you can still be you know you'll you'll still be broke and like struggling, and then you yeah. have more debt you know added on top of that you know on top of living in New York City. So yeah. I- I'm just happy that I realized that like my voice and and the and the website was enough, and Absolutely. that just opened doors in other ways. So yeah, the book is definitely like the biggest culmination like to date. Okay. And like Beautiful. my biggest, I guess like my proudest moment because yeah, yeah. I just kept pushing, you know, it's like the website that could and, and did. And I just kept pushing. And, mm. um, it, you know, this, this is a website that I've carried through multiple freelance jobs. Right. You know, there was a point where like I poured everything into the website. I mm-hmm. think the point mm-hmm. where like I was fired from like four jobs in two years because wow. I just did not care for the nine to five work yeah, yeah. that I was performing at these, at these permalance gigs. Like mm-hmm. I was blogging at work. I was okay. like cop blogging at work. I was like, <laughs> you know, I was like fired from jobs and I just did not care. I, I just mm. found ways to pour everything into the website with my own money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my blood, sweat, tears and love. And wow. you know, if I, if I had to work in retail, then I worked in retail. If yeah. I had to work in a thrift shop, then I worked in a thrift shop, mm-hmm. but the website wasn't a continue mm-hmm. any way, anyhow. And, you know, so I'm glad I, I'm glad I, you know, went through all those moments. Wow. I, I find that so incredibly inspiring. Let's move into talking a little bit more about We Are Here. Um, we Are Here, visionaries of color transforming the art world. Absolutely, 100%. I recommend everyone, please go and check this out. Of course, Jasmine, I'll put all of your info um, in the description note so people can definitely take a look and, and you know, hopefully get themselves a copy because I think this work is incredibly important and and really a foundational piece. So I would love to hear a little bit about why was it important for you to have, you know, these, it's 50 artists, cultural workers, influencers, um, um, art influencers, art entrepreneurs. Why was it important for you to have these folks and their work specifically in a book rather than in some other form, um, exhibition or, or I, I don't know, any other form? Why was it really um, important to create the book format for you? I, I love that question. You know, an exhibition would, would have been great, but it's like, you know, the exhibition is up for a month. You know, people mm-hmm. see it, they post it on, on social media and yep. then, yeah, and then it just, and then it just moves further down in your grid because yeah. then you want to go see other stuff. The book is permanent and you know, it's a permanent, physical object that yeah. is tactile and touchable and it sits on your shelf it's on your coffee table you can pick it up whenever you yeah. know you 
you can just pick it up now and, and then sit with it for an hour and then pick it up three months later or yeah. pick it back up in 2027. It's, yeah. it's always going to be there. And hopefully those words and those gems that you're unearthing will, mm -hmm. will always live with you and touch you. Um, it was simply time to just document folks. It's, it's as simple yeah. as that. It was yeah. simply just time. Um, mm, the art, the art world in 2021 is not what it was in 2011. And most certainly what it wasn't in, 20, in 2005, like, yeah, yeah. There was a new guard of rising black and brown voices, art voices, cultural mm. voices, art art entrepreneurs, cultural yeah. producers, all these folks. We all kind of came up together, you know, through like the like the twenty teens, like social media generation, like the Absolutely. art world social media generation. Like so many of us came up together. Like, you know, it, it all started with with me following them. They followed me back. A DM led to a studio visit. Like these really organic, beautiful relationships that happened online and, wow. and then blossomed into like, you know, real friendships. Yeah, um, yeah. And they, I, I, I just see their talent. Like this whole time I've been seeing their talent, seeing their grind, yeah. seeing their brilliance. And it was just time to have it documented. I'm not like some privileged white writer that was mm -hmm. handed a book deal. And mm -hmm. I'm like making a compendium of like, a general survey of a bunch of contemporary artists and then throwing in a few black and brown folks to right. check boxes like <laughs> right. this is a forest bias endeavor this yeah. is like black dominican woman from new york city with no graduate degree yeah. that has been consuming art for like two decades yeah. writes super passionately writes super authentically and yeah. is celebrating her community so wow. in celebration is documentation yeah but yeah. um it's coming from like you know an afro-dominican voice you know a black latinx voice Absolutely. I love that. There's there's a moment specifically in um, in the introduction where you say everyone grinded and this book is the evidence. I loved that quote. Yes. It's making me think about what you're saying right now, yeah. just of like, yeah, it was yeah. time. You know, it's like they're they're um, Yeah, this this honoring is like just overdue. And I think it's so, yes. yeah, so beautiful that that you were able to create. Exactly. This. So many of these folks were yeah. just, um, you know, just influencing like pop culture. Like I see this mm -hmm. reference so many times on that. I never get tired of saying it, but it's okay. like, you know, Issa, you know, an insecure, like Issa and her friends, I think in the third season, they go to the CAM, the California African-American Museum. Yes. And it's a Derek Adams exhibit. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, wow, like, I, like Derek Adams is my homie. And like, he's so literally, like his work is like on an HBO show right wow. now. Like that's fucking wild. Yeah. Dude. Like yeah. even like, I mean, Derek Adams is everywhere. I just, I just cannot give him enough praise, but mm -hmm. it's like, or even like I turn on Hulu. Like I yeah. remember February of 2019, I turned on Hulu okay. and there was like a black stories vertical. I mean, all the yes. streamers have it now because what happened in 2020, but in right, 2019, right, right. not yet. Yeah. So in 2019, there was like a black stories vertical hmm. and then Derek Adams are was like the, the the thumbnail for like wow. that vertical and i was just like wow like this was 2019 i was just like wow like again this is my homie and like anyone in the world turning on hulu is gonna is see seeing this work wow. so when i started to see those like gradual shifts and also just like all the mainstream magazines that were putting like black artists on their covers like right. when i was seeing all those shifts i was like yeah th this is long overdue it's time yeah and yeah. all these folks are my friends. Like, and that's the, again, uh, like they, that's they the are the new part. guard. Yeah, yeah, that's the beautiful part of it because I, I think you know because of where you're able to create from. Like, that's just such a different space when you yeah. have these these interpersonal connections. That's like really, really different and really special. Speaking of, I mean, all of the incredible and and you already you know kind of got into it a little bit with so many of the folks in the book just being your friend. Um, I was just curious to hear a little bit about what the selection process was like. I mean, you included so many incredible people in in this book, and I just was curious to hear like 
yeah, just kind of how, how your, your timing and like process for, you know, selecting and all of that as you were kind of working to, to build the framework for the book. How was that process? Definitely. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm a maximalist. So like okay. I've done a hundred, but like just <laughs> like a good robust number. Um, yeah. But um, I, I looked at my, I looked at the website. I looked okay. at my freelance writing. Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't like, I did look at like the contemporary art world and like very big superstar artists, like black and brown superstar artists that are okay. wrapped by these huge galleries. I did look at that and many of them are in the book and on the cover, mm-hmm. but I also did look at other worlds. I also did yeah. look at like nightlife, yes. ballroom um, yes. and street art and graffiti mm-hmm. um, because, you know, art of course is made everywhere. Yes. You know, it's not just being made in the contemporary art was being made everywhere. And yes. like just, you know, I mean, I don't know, like I just, it was important to look at those other spaces, particularly because ballroom and nightlife are very fluid and integral in my life. Like as a native New Yorker, Mm -hmm. you know, I, um, I was a teenager in the nineties and I started like going to, I started like immersing myself in the, in the queer club scene in New York city in the late nineties. And I was fortunate to go to like many legendary nightlife spaces that are now extinct. So that legacy, like is a part of me too. And, you know, black and brown, queer folks have always welcomed me and you yeah. know they're my chosen family as well and I'm a cis hetero ally to them so yeah. um ballroom folks was, it was so key to include you know ballroom folks and nightlife folks um Absolutely. and also street art and graffiti so I didn't want to just fix my gaze to oh like you know all those blue chip art galleries in Chelsea yeah. like I didn't right. want to just look at you know Petzl and Gagoji and Hauser and mm-hmm. I wanted to look at other spaces as well um yeah. maybe like unconventional you know or overlook spaces as well um, so yeah, I, I navigated very organically. Um, you know, I, some people said no, some people hmm. said yes, and then mm-hmm. like backed out and you, sure. are, you know, you can do whatever you want. So I, um, you know, worked with the confirmations that I got and was super happy and blessed and elated with whoever yeah. agreed. And, and we just proceeded to, you know, to, to work that way. Um, the book has mostly New York subjects. It's New York and LA. So, but the, the, the bigger chunk of it is New York subjects. Mm-hmm. I was okay. present at every single shoot. Okay. So wow. I was there. Um, it's also important that I say that two women photographers shot this book, two black yes. women of color. So yes. Jasmine Durhall, mm-hmm. young black brilliant photographer in LA Beautiful. who shoots like celebrity portraiture and then Sunny, um, a young Thai photographer in the art world as well. And, and she shoots, uh, she, she shot from my website. Like she shoots for gallery girls. So Excellent. when the opportunity came, yeah. I'm going to put like, collaborators on I'm gonna because I work very organically so I'm gonna yeah I'm just gonna put collab you know past collaborators on right so right. yeah Sunny shot most of the New York subjects um I was definitely gonna come to her with a paid opportunity like, I was just gonna share that with her um so Sunny shot most of the New York subjects um okay. it's a mix of artists and art workers mm-hmm. I was present at every single shoot uh mm-hmm. we shot everyone the summer of 2019 so, okay. you know, I was working in retail at this point. I had like stepped out of media. I was just done with just the freelance media life. It's so okay. unstable. You know, after three months, you're back to square one. You've got to hustle for your next gig. So mm-hmm. I was just done at that point. Mm-hmm. So I was just writing full time, working okay. in retail and working part time. And on my days off, we shot, we would shoot people. We would shoot like five people a day. Oh, so wow. our day okay. would start at like 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. And we would finish at 8 p.m. Wow. And it would be like, start off in Astoria, go to Jersey City, okay. go to the BX, go to Brooklyn you know, end up in Queens or end up in Harlem. Yeah. Um, and it was just Sunny and I, two person crew, wow. super minimal, her with her camera and her reflector. 
and just um, spending an hour in the universe uh, of these artists or art workers and being in their homes or their studios or their other creative spaces and really just um, just just like really just like loving that moment and also I was there to support Sunny like I was there okay. to support the photographer with visuals yeah absolutely. so these interviews weren't like they weren't being photographed and I was also like uh interviewing them at the same time like I was mm-hmm. there to support mm-hmm. the photographer so okay. I was there to like move cardboard boxes out of the way wow nice, move yeah. messy cables yeah. and just really elevate yeah. the visuals beautiful um yeah so that was and just wow. like really yeah just be to support and to and also into art direct as well um yeah and and then for LA um you know Jasmine Durhal was the photographer all those shoots were handed off to her you know it it was just it was like 11 folks in LA I couldn't fly to LA like Mm -hmm. 11 times and we couldn't like shoot everyone in a weekend right so you know everyone has different schedules they're going to be shot over time they're going to be shot over three months so all of that was handed off to Jasmine Jasmine Mm -hmm. I met over Instagram I had never worked with her she never shot for the website okay I worked very organically I don't ever think stuff so I just like found her on Instagram hit her up and then we spoke that same week and then yeah I commissioned her and and she you know she took those 11 you know she took those 11 subjects and and shot phenomenal images um so yeah she did that all on her own and that's beautiful because Sunny and Jasmine don't know each other okay but if you look throughout the book Mm -hmm. there's no inconsistency in the photography it's so fluid no 100% and that just speaks to like their, you know, their talents and yeah. their brilliance. So that is amazing. I love to hear that. Absolutely love to hear that. Um, I know. So the foreword for the book was written by Kasim Dean, also yes. known as Swiss Beats, most popularly known as, of course. Um, and, you know, Swiss Beats is a, a, an incredible musician and disruptor and founder of um, the Dean collection for those, you know, who are not familiar, but, but I also just wanted to hear a little bit about your experience working with, um, Kasim for, for the book, you know, him writing the foreword, why was that important to you? Um, and, and how did you sort of land on including him? Um, yeah. How was that? Oh, absolutely. I still have not met him. I am a fan. um, Always have been, uh, you know, obviously his musical contributions, you know, his hip hop legacy. And also just admiring him as like a superstar, you know, black art collector and and being, you know, being founder of the Dean Collection. Mm -hmm. He is also very integral to the scene, you know, to the culture, to the elevation of black and brown artists. Um, So I have I've seen that trajectory and have always respected him. When I put the proposal together and I had to list names for a forward, I only okay. had one name and it was him. Beautiful. And this is just wow. a, this is just a book proposal where like we don't know if the book is gonna get acquired. Like we don't know mm-hmm. anything. Like okay. it's a book proposal. We'll see if we can sell the book. Like okay. we don't know anything. But like I was shooting my shot like even back then, wow. and he was he was always like it was always gonna be him. I just he's the ideal collector. He is real and accessible. Yeah. Um, he supports all these artists. Um, they're, they're, you know, their work is in his collection. Okay. He collects them passionately. He's an advocate for them. Um, he's someone from the hip hop space. Like he's a New Yorker. I didn't want an Absolutely. academic or, or like a big art historian to write the forward. Like I wanted to continue yeah. that consistency of, of um, the accessibility of this book. Like the tone of the book is accessible. Right. The person writing the forward is accessible. Yeah. We know this person. They love art. Everyone may not know that he's a big art collector, that he mm-hmm. owns the Dean Collection, but some do, some don't, but they can learn now yeah, through absolutely. the book. So he was just an ideal choice. I love that. Absolutely love that. I wanted to talk with you a little bit also about a recent um, online exhibition that you curated called Dress Codes, Black and Brown. Mm-hmm 
women artists fashioning identity and this was for artsy and this is a really really lovely um really lovely selection I I was really amazed and and loved looking through the work and also just reading um your curatorial statement I I actually why don't why don't I read just a little bit at the beginning of this so It says, before we even open our mouths, our clothes speak for us. The garments we wear tell people who we are, where we live, what income bracket we belong to, and even what hobbies we enjoy. So I absolutely loved that. And I love having conversations about the role that fashion and dress and style and just presentation really plays in our lives and in our society. And I think it's really important just thinking about it historically and, you know, how it shifted over time. And I wanted to hear a little bit about how how did you select the artists and work for the show? Like, was there any one thing that you were looking for in particular? Or was it more so maybe like a feeling or anything you were looking to to kind of like thread the works together? Yeah, when Artsy approached me, they were like, hey, you know, would you want to curate a collection for Women's History Month? And okay. in my head, I was like, all right, Black women, but Black women in what? And I was like, all right, well, just Black women in fashion. Like, I'm just going to work very organically. Great. And, um, you know, in my head, I immediately thought of people like Renee Cox, because Renee Cox, yeah. you know, her body of work is immeasurable and super rich, but, like, fashion is such a strong thread and connector throughout all of her work, like, there's a series called, I forget what it's called, but there's a series of, of like a black bourgeois woman, like in the Hamptons. Oh, and okay. she's dressed fabulously. You know, there's the character Raj, which is like a black superwoman or a black, oh, I'm sorry, like a black Wonder Woman. Actually, it's, yeah. it's based on, it's based on Wonder Woman's black sister. I forget okay. her name, but it's a okay. character from like the seventies. Like, wow, that's it, incredible. It's, it's Wonder Woman's black sister. And okay. then Raj is like her fictional daughter, I see. Her, her fictional daughter. Exactly. Okay. Um, and she's a black, like, she's a black freedom fighter. She's like a wow. black Afrofuturist freedom fighter. Um, Badass. So like that, but that work is hyper stylish. Like okay. that work is like that whole body of work of, of, of Rajay, of, of Renee Cox's Rajay. Like she's wearing Pan-Africanist, Pan-Africanist colors. Oh she's goodness. in this super dope, like skin type bodysuit with the matching wow. boots. Like she's just not here to play. Like she's not like, it's, it's just amazing. So folks like those images yeah, immediately yeah. like ran through my head and I knew I would include wow. um, Ra- Ra- the character Rajay isn't in this um, online collection but just other you know Ra- Renee but, Cox like in a black corset like right, that right. like that image is in the yeah. is in the collection but just yes. still just Renee was going to be a part of it or even Ming Smith you know who was like the first woman photographer in the Kamoinge collective just a very notable black photographers collective and you know she was a model and a photographer and, and I know she's photographed um like Grace Jones back in the day like back in the 70s so it's like those, those kind of historical images of black women doing the work and black women documenting other fashionable black women yes. those things were just running through my head yeah. and I wanted to include in the collection um and of course like other you know and also, and also like black latinx women so someone mm-hmm. like Elaine mm-hmm. Rodriguez that she honors yes. like the orishas and, and, and deities of yoruba culture and the yoruba religion yeah. um you know so, so her work is featured and and just like and just like young black women artists that just unabashedly love fashion so like women like Rewa Rewa I believe she's a Nigerian okay. uh, a painter okay and um her paintings I mean you know her work is in the collection but like her paintings right. like oh my God, like they're just, they're so, they look like fashion campaigns, but they wow. look like fashion campaigns with black models, but it's like a oil painting or like right, an acrylic right. painting. Wow, um, that's incredible. So just, you know, and just, I'm into color and vibrancy 
folks like Nicola Wola, I'm sorry, Nicole, Nicole Washington, her handle is Nicola Wola, but Nicole Washington, okay. um, just, um, you know, she, she, um, infuses like hieroglyphics and like a night, a black nineties aesthetic in her work. And mm-hmm. it's a mix of many things. It's also Afrofuturist, but her imagery is just so, um, just so radical and so yeah. phenomenal and wow. just like unapologetically, unapologetically black woman who, who's, um, like, owning her identity through fashion um so just so many of those folks that went through my head and they just needed to be included and you know I could do around 25 images that's what they were looking for and yeah I just um yeah I I just wanted to center black women artists honoring black women subjects and then using the power of um, of fashion and there are other non-black women you know women like Martin Martin Gutierrez yes um, who's a trans Latinx artist Mm -hmm. and she produced a magazine called Indigenous Woman. Okay. Um, okay. It's like a, it's a, a few years ago, she had a solo show at Ryan Lee. Okay. And it was, um, the show was called Indigenous Woman. And it, mm-hmm. and it's based on her like Indigenous ex- experience, but mm-hmm. it's like super, it's like super high fashion. Wow. So it's like all these like large scale, like fashion photographs oh, wow. and like different fashion stories, but they're also compiled like, like the, like the catalog to the show was like a fashion magazine. Like it was like this glossy, beautiful, oversized fashion magazine. So that show has always stayed with me. And I even wrote about it on the website. So women like her, I was looking to include women like her as well um, into the exhibition. Absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, I I am really so, yeah, I I loved that, um, that show a lot. And so I just wanted to hear you, you know, speak a little bit about it. I really enjoyed it. So. Before we wrap up, I always like to check in and ask if there is a single sort of like thing that's stuck on your mind right now, be it an artwork or an artist or maybe an exhibition, maybe a quote. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, it's funny, like I work from home, like you know, obviously I just work from home remotely, but like Fridays mm-hmm. are my day off. Like that's my designated like self-care like day off i mean i have Beautiful. different self-care days but but fridays the self-care for friday is mm-hmm. go out and see like go out and see and art see the go world. out into new york city and just see art oh, okay Beautiful. and so that's my yeah so that's what i do on friday so yeah. like uh you know i'll be seeing art all day like once you know we, we wrap up I'll, yeah. i'm literally just gonna hop on the train and see uh, a few exhibits and yeah. i'm excited to see anna park anna okay. park is a young asian american artist she has okay. a show i believe at half gallery i, I might be wrong but okay. um it's like semi-abstract black and white charcoal drawings. And it might be hard to like imagine, but like there's a movie called Mank on Netflix right now. It was okay. Oscar nominated okay. and she designed the movie poster. Whoa. So if you I Google just that, looked up like, her, her work. work. This is insanely yeah. beautiful. Whoa. Exactly. Is, wow. So I'm dying to see her show. And I just want to support more Asian American artists. Many mm. of them are also featured in the book. Okay. But I just, I want to support, you know, I just want to support, you know, m- more Asian American voices. Wow. So I want to see her work, yeah, her show. Absolutely. Then Destiny, Destiny Ross Sutton, who's yes. super, super dope. She's a young, yes, young gallerist. Yeah. She um she has a, a show up now that yeah. ends in a few days. It's two African artists. I can't pronounce her name, but I I just want to support her. I want to support her and just like see her space, celebrate those two artists, um and just and yeah and just see the work and, and just experience the space. It's right next to Jeffrey Dyke. It's like down in Soho. Yes, yeah. And, shout um, out Destiny. Shout out Destiny. Definitely, everybody go check that. Oh out. yeah, huge yeah. fan. And yes. uh, yeah, I'll see what what else like I get into. There's more shows okay. I want to see. Oh, beautiful. Two shows for sh- like two other shows that I want to see yeah. are um, 
there's a feminist focused art exhibit at the Bronx Museum and it was oh, wow. uh, curated by Jasmine Wahi. Um, she's a South Asian Indian American curator, activist, professor, just overall super fucking badass woman. Like I love this woman Beautiful. and she's in the book and then she curated the show um, at the Bronx Museum. I forget the name of it, but it's okay. all um, feminist centered. Wow. Um, and yeah, and it just, I think it's called Born in Flames. Yeah, it's called Born in Flames and it just opened and I'm, I'm, that's definitely on my radar. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, I think <laughs> it is time for us to wrap up, but I just wanted to say, Jasmine, thank you so very much. It has been such an honor to speak with you and to learn a little bit of more, a little bit more about your practice and just, you know, the things that are on your mind, the things that are fueling you. Um, yeah, I, I'm so incredibly inspired by so much of your work and resonate with so many things. Even I, I'm just thinking about, you know, the to be really honest, the reason that I even wanted to start this podcast really aligns so much with so much of your personal mission for gallery girls. And I, I just really wanted to say thank you for like creating because it's definitely people like you who continue to, you know, allow others of us to 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 make their own make their own things and continue building. So I'm so grateful to have had you on. I'm I'm so grateful uh, to share a space with you on your podcast Thank again. You. This is my first podcast, my my first podcast episode ever. Hey. It couldn't be any more perfect. Ah, you um, you. I really admire. The best. Yeah, you know the this the space that you're carving out, and, and only greater things will come. I can see it, and I'm just I'm super honored. I, I just I love when the love is um, like reciprocated. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning into this week's episode of The Art of It All. I'm so grateful you could join us. Check out the episode notes and follow Jasmine on social to learn more about her work. See you next time.